You're listening to Comedy Central. Please welcome Julian Castro. Welcome to the show. Good to be with you. This is so strange because we had your twin brother on the show, and so I feel like I met you on the show, but I haven't met you on the show. <laughs> Did he use a standard line that he that I'm a minute uglier than he is? Is that what he says? That's what he tells people, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a, a, an interesting time for you to be here, for you to be coming out with this book, for you to be, I guess, involved in politics in any way, shape, or form. Um, let's start at the beginning, because that's where the book starts, from waking up from my American dream. What does that mean to you? Why that title? Well, to me, it means that in each generation in my family, starting with my, gr- my grandmother who came in 1922 from Mexico as an orphan, um, we found out that it's not enough in America to just work hard and for your family to work hard, that you also needed to work to improve society. Um, my mother became a Mexican-American civil rights activist. Uh, she ran for city council in San Antonio when she was 23 in 1971, tried to improve things for the community. And then my brother and I have always seen public service as a way basically to ensure that that people that grow up in tough circumstances can achieve their American dream. Um, It's also, I think, relevant today because what we see right now are young people across the country figuring out that they have a powerful voice. Whether it's the March for Our Lives, students, or any number of other activists, young people are leading the way pushing us to get better against uh, an administration that is trying to take us backward. You, you, were, you were part of a, an administration previously that uh, was beloved by many. You worked in a position at HUD, Housing and Urban Development. Um, ben Carson now has your job. <laughs> <laughs> when you see him now, do you go like, wow, I didn't realize how many naps I could take? Or, <laughs> or are you impressed with the work he's doing? Yeah. Right. You know, I have gotten asked more about that $31,000 dining set than any <laughs> HUD housing policy question in right. the last year. Because he bought, yeah, he bought expensive yeah. furniture. But what do you think he's, what, mean, what do you make of the job that he's doing right now? And more importantly, what do you think that job is supposed to be about? Well, it's, the job is supposed to be about making sure that folks who are poor and who are middle class have housing opportunity. I mean, people, no matter where they live in the United States, can see that the rent is going up, you know, going through the roof like right. crazy, right? And, and folks are having to, to spend more and more of their income just to pay the rent. At the same time, that department under that leadership uh, doesn't have a commitment to the mission of HUD to expanding that opportunity. The White House wanted to cut the budget by $6 billion. It was so weird because the people that we used to fight with in Congress, the Republican Congress, you know, they actually, they were the saviors in not cutting the HUD budget by $6 billion. That's how bad it is. The people that, that, that we, used to fight, yeah, you used to to fight with, they said, no, no, that's too much for us. You know, um, There's just not a commitment to the mission of the organization. We are at a time when America is at a crossroads, 20 days away from the midterms. Everyone says that this is going to be a referendum on on Donald Trump. When you look at voter breakdown, you know, uh, you are Julian Castro. And one of the things that people always speak to is like, you are one of the faces that is emerging from the Democratic Party as uh, as, as someone who represents Hispanic or Latino voters, however they represent, or however they wish to be represented. When you look at the vote numbers, though, they say in America, 55% of people who consider themselves Latino are planning to vote, which is a low number, relatively speaking. How do you think the Democratic Party and the Republicans themselves can get people out voting? Well, I think that folks need to reach out 
to those communities where they are with the issues that matter to them and that it can't be one or two candidates and it can't just be folks trying to gin up registration and turnout six months before an election. There has to be a massive and sustained effort to get folks in the Hispanic community registered to vote and then to turn out to vote. Right. And, uh, and I think if that happens, not only is that better for the Latino community, better for our democracy, um, but I think that it's gonna be uh, better for the party that can demonstrate that they can meet their needs. And I, I believe that's gonna be the Democratic Party. It's interesting. Um It's interesting that you've kept your name as Julian Castro in a time when your political opponents will obviously go after that. You know, they'll go like, oh, another Castro, Fidel Castro, the Julian coming to take your jobs. It's more of them. Are you prepared for that? Is something that you've actively chosen to not be like, I'm Julian Castro? Well, you know, in the book, I write that in school, when I was growing up in school, even though my name is Julian, um, uh, the teachers would call me Julian. And it wasn't until I went to college where you can kind of define yourself right. that I started to know it's Julian. Uh, but I was thinking the other day, um, because I'm, I'm considering running in 2020, that uh, I've always had the accent over my A in my name. Right. That I bet if I did that on the sign that that would be the first time that anybody has run uh, for president with the accent and accent over a letter. Oh, and wow. Something that Not simple. Not being afraid to say that, yeah, hey. Yeah, something that simple, but... That's who you are, and you should run as who you are. So, so let's, let's, uh, so let's talk about that little nugget that you just slipped in there. I will be running. I, I will be, and on Tuesday I will be running for president of the United I States. I did not say that. Very I casual. Would be. Very I casual. Very casual. Be. I do that all the time. Yes, and so and then I will be running for president of the United States. Um, 2020 is on the horizon. People are looking, going, who will represent the Democratic Party? And right now, it looks like there are 100 people in the running. Some people are concerned by this, saying that, is that not going to create an abrasive atmosphere where Democrats are destroying themselves before the race? How do you feel about that as somebody who may be considered as one of the smaller candidates in the, in the running right now? No, I actually think we need that. Um, coming out of 2016, uh, warranted or not, there was a lot of bitterness. And so I believe that having 15 or 20 people running is actually going to be cathartic for the Democratic Party, where you have a whole bunch of debates, uh, people feel like everybody had their say, mm -hmm. and they're part of the political spectrum and the party was represented. And then at the end of the day, that's going to make the eventual nominee stronger right. and more likely to defeat Donald Trump or Mike Pence or whoever it is in November of 2020. <laughs> Let me... Uh... Let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this then. If you were to get to that point, do you genuinely believe that you could go toe to toe with Donald Trump, understanding that there is no skeleton in his closet? Like he is the skeleton in the closet. Like <laughs> you realize there's not much. Like you, you, you. Do you un like? Do you understand the gravity of the situation? You're up against somebody who's like he's talking point proof. He is the Teflon Don, nothing gets to him. What do you think you would do differently in going up against Donald Trump? Well, I would say two things. That, uh, first of all, if I decide to run, um, I don't think that, that uh, you're gonna beat Donald Trump by trying to be Donald Trump. Um, if, if, if I watch a lot of boxing. If you watch boxing or sports or other things, mm -hmm. you see that oftentimes people that are considered invincible are not beaten by somebody that has exactly the same skill set. They're right. beaten by somebody that has a different style. But maybe more importantly, um, 
It's the folks who have been hopeful and optimistic and painted a strong vision for the future that, especially as Democrats, have prevailed. You think about, in the modern era, Kennedy or Carter when he ran, represented a break from scandal. Right. Or Clinton when he ran. Or, of course, maybe the best example, Barack Obama in 2008. <laughs> So I think that the next nominee has to be able to stand up to Donald Trump and to call him out, but also to speak directly to the American people and offer a strong, hopeful vision for the future. It's going to be exciting to hey. see what happens. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being on the show. An unlikely journey is available now. Julian Castro, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.